Hi, this is Jim. And this is Bax. Check out our podcast, The Step Over, Liberty Ballers Podcast Network, for all of your Sixers' needs. Player analysis, game breakdowns, who would look coolest in a headband, and more. Subscribe to Liberty Ballers Podcast feed on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, and check out The Step Over, a podcast about Sixers basketball. Mostly. Welcome to another Flyers After Dark edition of Checking Out the Competition. This time we are joined by Sarah Avampato from Jewels from the Crown, which is the LA Kings blog on the SB Nation Network. Sarah, how are you today? I am not too bad. Thanks for having me. Thank you. And just so everyone's aware, Sarah and I both have cats that want to be a part of this podcast. So you may hear kitty noises, but be not afraid. They're domesticated animals. It's all fine. (laughs) Okay. So let's just hop right into things here. The Kings had off seasons in the league because they were able to sign one of the biggest names that was out there in Ilya Kovalchuk um, after he's been away from the league for a long time over in the KHL. And um, so far it looks like the gamble is paying off because he's your leading scorer. But um, how has he looked overall? How do you feel about that signing? Um, you know, I, I think first off, it doesn't take much to be the Kings' leading scorer. Um, <laughs> no one's exactly lighting up the, the score sheet. Um, I think Kings fans are a little mixed on the signing. I personally like it. I think it was a risk kind of worth taking. Um, is that third year of the contract going to look a little ugly? Probably. Um, but that's a problem for future Kings, not current mm-hmm. Kings. He's looked, there have been games where he's looked completely lost, um, like he's still trying to figure out what's going on. And there have been games uh, like the game against the Rangers where he, you know, had you know, really good chances on net. He scored a really great power play goal, you know, kind of showed off why the Kings have invested in him. Um, so I, I, I think that he has done well. I think that he, when, once once the team starts to click as a whole, um, will bring an interesting dynamic to the Kings. Uh, the downside is that no one on the team has looked particularly good. Um, so it's a little hard to evaluate uh, his performance because the whole team has looked kind of crummy. Uh, but I think that he's doing the best he can with uh, not having consistent line mates and maybe not getting the top line minutes that we sort of expected him to have. But um He's scoring goals and making things happen and can get the puck into the offensive zone, which not many other people on the team can do. So I'll take it. That all sounds extremely familiar to this Flyers fan. (laughs) We kind of know what it's like this year for the entire team to be playing like dog poop. So (laughs) gotta love it, right? (laughs) So speaking of guys that have kind of struggled to get going, um, I know it's a small sample size and I know he's, He's currently hurt, I think. Um, Jonathan Quick's numbers over, I think he's played four games so far this season, have not been great. And traditionally, he's been a pretty reliable goaltender. His numbers are usually pretty average. And that's, you know, I've said it a million times, that's really all you need to win games in the National Hockey League. Um, But this year, not so great. Um, Do you worry that he's fallen off a cliff? Do you expect that he'll get better? Do you worry that the injuries are going to be a problem? What's up with John Quick? I think my biggest concern is his injuries going forward. Um, He does have a long history of injuries, particularly lower body groin injuries, which for a goaltender are bad. Um, We actually have a piece coming up in the next couple of days 
um, may already be posted by the time this airs um, about uh, Quick and his injuries and what that means for him. Um, I think some of the concern of why his numbers have been so bad is a product of the team in front of him. Um, defensively, they just haven't been the same uh, strong defensive team that Kings fans are used to seeing. So, you know, if, if everything is chaos in front of Jonathan Quick, like there's not a whole ton he can do, you know, he's not going to radically change his style just because everyone in front of him has forgotten how to defense. Um, so I think that if the team as a whole starts to come back together and look a little more Kings, like I think his numbers will improve. And the biggest concern really is just going to be um, how he physically is holds up. And, you know, his style is not exactly conservative in net. He's uh gives me anxiety every time I watch him. So uh, playing that physically and that athletically is not, uh, not great for someone who has a history of lower body injuries. So we're just going to cross our fingers that um, he's not broken for good. <laughs> and is Budai kind of your, your backup at this point? Uh, Jack Campbell, oh. uh, who has done very admirably. He's kept the Kings in games uh, that they had no business still being in. Um, there was a game earlier in the season against Winnipeg where Winnipeg just completely decimated the Kings in terms of shots against, but it ended up being like a two, one game or something because Jack Campbell stood on his head. Um, so he's been, you know, very good. And I think the problem will be that once his contract is up, he's going to want more money somewhere else to be a starter. And the Kings will have yeah. the same problem that they have always had of who do they get to back up Jonathan quick. But uh, Budai has been in Ontario with the AHL and has been, Okay, but not great. He was brought on more to kind of mentor uh, their uh, new baby uh, goalie who's in his second year as a professional. Um, but now Budai's up backing up uh, Campbell. Hopefully we don't actually have to see him because that means something bad happened to Jack Campbell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you never want to see the third guy. That means a lot of things have gone wrong. <laughs> so one of the things that our teams have in common to start the season here is Special team struggles on both sides of the coin. Um, when I checked this afternoon, you guys were 27th overall in the power play and 18th overall in the penalty kill, um, which the the penalty kills, you know, middle of the road, not terrible. Obviously, that power play, not great. Um, do you think that it's more strategy or execution? I think it's a little 50-50. Um, strategy because no one seems to be certain what their strategy is. Um, they're trying a lot of different things, um, especially in terms of zone entries that are not working. Um, they're not doing anything consistently. They keep changing who the personnel are on the, on the power play units. Um, now that Dustin Brown is back, I think that that will help them a lot because he brings, you know, love him or hate him. He does what he is there to do, which is shovel in pucks in front of um, and he got a goal like that the other night. Um, I think execution is a problem too, because they, they'll spend a whole minute trying to get into the zone. Like you're not going to accomplish anything that way. Um, so even if they do have a coherent strategy, they, they're losing the first face off or they're, you know, get like going off sides, like 10 seconds into it. Uh, so it's a little bit of both and neither of them are great things. Um, 
it's been looking a little better. Um, they still haven't scored a power play goal on the road yet, uh, which they are in the company of, I believe Vegas is the only other team who has not scored a power play goal on the road. Uh, and they won't have a chance to fix that for a while because they're at home for uh, quite a bit. But uh, it's looking better, but still uh, a little terrifying. Yeah, so that kind of brings me to my next question. I was looking at your um, your site kind of preparing for this, and I noticed that you guys had a piece about uh, fans calling for John Stevens' head. And <laughs> obviously when a team starts to go bad, that's kind of the first place everybody looks. You wonder if the coach has lost the room, if he's just bad, or, or what's going on there. And we're obviously, if you haven't heard, going through something like that in Philadelphia as well. Um, but I thought it was interesting that the article that I read on your site was kind of, you know, calm down, everybody. Maybe we don't need to fire the head coach, you know, 12 or so games into the season. Um, what do you think of John Stevens as a coach? And do you think that he's the problem with what's going on in L.A. right now? I think so. The thing about John Stevens is he is brilliant defensively. I think that he was the big reason why the Kings have been so good as a defensive team over the past several years when he was the assistant under Daryl Sutter, you know, he focused on the defense. He was, you know, that that's his world. Um, I think, and this is just, you know, observer status. I think that he maybe struggles a little bit with the bigger picture whole team, um, which pains me to say, because I love John Stevens. And I think that he is, he was the right guy to come along after Daryl Sutter because the team just kind of got worn out of, Daryl Sutter, you know, and everyone knows how he is and what his personality is like. And, you know, there was the incident years ago where the Kings allegedly locked him out of the room because they didn't want to talk to him. And, you know, John Stevens is kind of the flip side of the coin of the like, not mad, just disappointed, like kind of guy who's just like, he's just chill. And like, the problem is that he has, he's very emotionless in many ways. So he's not the guy who's going to get fired up. He's not the guy who's going to go yell and scream at the team for not doing well. He's just going to look like you made your dad really mad, but like he's just going to kind of shake his head at you. Um, I, is, I don't think he's lost the room. I think the players still love him for not being Daryl Sutter, Dar Sutter, essentially, which is fine. But I, I think that we've really yet to see a coherent strategy like on ice uh you know they they talked a lot about you know playing with pace and you know being faster and bringing in speed um which we're not really seeing on the ice we're not seeing what he's telling us he's going to do um i think he is good and that he trusts younger players more uh which was not a tenant of daryl sutter's uh if you got like six minutes at night you that was it um so I think that he has a little more leeway for younger guys to go out on the ice and figure out how to play at the NHL level, which is good um, because the Kings have not developed particularly many prospects over the past uh, handful of years. Um, but, you know, the the downside of firing your coach midseason is who takes over for him. Right. Um, like, I, I don't particularly have a ton of faith in either of our, our assistant coaches who are responsible for, oh, the power play and the penalty kill, which are both bad right now. <laughs> um, the AHL coach, I think, is good, but he's just basically Daryl Sutter, only taller and younger. <laughs> he 
has that same sort of gruff demeanor, you know, not exactly like he, he definitely trusts younger players more because that's all he has to work with. But uh, I don't think he's the answer. Someone said Elaine Vigneault, which made me want to let light my computer on fire and walk away from it. Um, my mentions on Twitter are definitely full of fire John Stevens, um, which I get it. Like the coach is the easiest scapegoat for what's going on, but um, I don't know what that, that that's the answer. Um, and some of the argument against firing for him is basically in the, well, if we're going to tank, we might as well just tank. Um, and, you know, and <laughs> why bring in a new coach who might save the season? Uh, and just see how bad it can get. Um, I don't, I'll be very curious to see what they do. Um, I think they invested a lot in John Stevens, uh, in having faith in him to take over. Um, some of it I think has been bad luck. Some of it I think is just the team just needs to get over themselves and play hockey. Like, I'm sorry. It doesn't look great all the time, but just do the thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, one of my favorite things about these little Q&As that we've been doing is that you really find a lot of kinship with with fans <laughs> of teams that you didn't think would be there. Because, I mean, what you've described is, like, exactly what's happening for us at Broad Street Hockey and Flyers fans in general. Like, you, everybody – I mean, pretty much everybody at this point wants to fire Dave Haxtell. But then, obviously, the next logical question is, okay, well, then who – who's next? And yeah. nobody has any idea. Like, like you said, our assistant coaches are penalty kill and power play suck. We don't want them moving up. Um, and yeah, people bring up Elaine Vino and I'm like, no, 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 <laughs> no, thank you. So yeah, it's like, a you want to do something, but then you don't know what you do after you do that thing. So it's like, I don't know. There was, there was definitely an article on Broad Street Hockey a little while ago that um, I, I retweeted with the comment of, like, Flyers really proving that they're Kings East, essentially. Because I, I read the article, and I, I even did it on Twitter. I just, I crossed out all the, the Kings-specific words and replaced them with, or the, the Flyers-specific words and replaced them with Kings players and problems. And it was the, it could have been the exact same article. I could have printed your article, put it on my site with, like, very minor tweaks and would have been 100% factual. Like, they are very similar teams in many frustrating ways. <laughs> yeah. We're going to suffer together for a little while, I think, here to start this season. But um, <laughs> speaking of things we have in common, it looks like our old pal Jeff Carter, who we are used to being one of the better goal scorers in the league, is struggling to score goals to start. Is, do you think it's just like a symptom of the team as a whole playing like crap, or do you think there's something up with him? I think it's – Mostly symptom of the team playing like crap. Um, and he's always been a little slow to start uh, every season. It kind of takes him a little while to to really get into it. I feel like especially the older he's gotten. Um, and then he'll go on, go on a tear and just score a million goals. Um, I do know that at the beginning of the season, even in training camp, he said that he still was working on rehabbing, you know, the, injury from last year that kept him out basically the whole season. Um, and so for him to, a, a guy who is known as being one of the most physically fit guys on the team to admit like, yeah, I'm still not really at hundred percent. I think has kind of hampered him. Um, you wouldn't necessarily know it looking at his skating. Um, I think he still is. I love watching him skate. Like I think that, but I think that, you know, 
if he's still working on full range of motion and, you know, what is the new normal for his, for his leg, you know, that's going to keep him back. And I think that he hasn't had consistent line mates. Yeah. Um, he's definitely a guy who can pr- produce no matter who you put him with, but um, he's always done better when he gets to play with the same guys. Um, for some reason we had him playing wing for a little while, um, which he has done in his career, but one of the King's biggest issues is center depth. And so you take one of your best centers and make him a winger again that he hasn't played since like 2012, like, okay, sure. Um, so I think he's got, you know, he's been getting third line minutes in some cases when we would move him around. So I think that his slow start is a little bit of just how he is and a lot of not really being set up for success because the whole team was basically thrown into chaos when Dustin Brown got injured and then they had to reimagine what their entire lineup looked like. So I am crossing my fingers. He bounces back because he is one of the reasons I became a Kings fan. Um, But uh, I'm not too worried about it, but he does definitely need to start contributing a little more, um, especially as a leader on the team. Um, in, in years past, he'd be the one to kind of stand up and say, Hey guys, like stop sucking, you know? Um, and, uh, you know, kind of needs to do that again. Uh, and, you know, he put the team on his back a couple years ago, um, when, when, uh, Kopitar was injured and I'm like, all right, come on, Jeff, come on, do it again. <laughs> I know you're in there. So we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I have a love hate relationship with Jeff Carter. You and many other people. <laughs> yeah, right. A lot of them in Philadelphia. Um, so one thing that I like to ask everybody, just because I think the the answers are usually interesting, is um, to give us an under-the-radar player who we may not be looking for, but that you think could make an impact on the game. Um, I think the answer is Alex Iafalo, um, who is not entirely under the radar because he plays in the top line with um, – Anshu Kopitar, but he has been kind of a revelation and through this streak of the Kings playing terribly has been one of the only guys on the ice, including veteran leaders who has looked like he is giving 110% every shift. Um, He's good against the wall defensively. Um, He has learned to play with Kopitar who is, you know, no star players are necessarily easy guys to play with, especially when you're just coming into the league as a rookie, um, you know, last season for I follow, um, they've, they've worked together very well. And we, we had thought that when they brought in Kovalchuk, that they were going to put Kovalchuk on the top line and they tried that and it just, it didn't really, didn't really work. And I follow knows how to play with Kopitar. He knows how to get him the puck. He knows how to get into the right spot. Um, and he's kind of finally starting to find his scoring touch, which he did not really uh, have that much last year. So I would say, you know, keep an eye out on him. Um, Cause being on the top line, everyone pays attention to Kopitar and, you know, Justin Brown's probably trying to hit somebody um, and they kind of forget about the other guy. Uh, so he, he's my guy to watch. Okay. That's good stuff. I haven't watched any Kings games this season, so he was definitely not on my radar. So I'm happy that you told me about him. <laughs> you're, 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 you you probably were better off not not suffering through many of those games. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, which flyer are you looking forward to seeing when our teams meet up for this couple times a season? 
So I, th I think the the King's Homer answer is probably Wayne Simmons uh, as an ex-King. However, I love Travis Konechny and would watch him play. Like he, in in the SBN mock draft the year that Travis was drafted, he was the King's pick for 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 us. Uh, he's just delightful to watch. I have a huge soft spot for any short guy who's playing hockey at like at this high of a level. And he, you know, everyone says it, but like, he does not play like he is a small man. Uh, and he's, he's just a lot of fun. Uh, so I, I have gone to Flyers games specifically just because I was like, Oh, <laughs> Travis is playing. Uh, he, he's a lot of fun. And I think that, uh, probably deserves a little more, a little more love from people than, uh, than he gets, but you know, the flyers are a little bit stacked of more higher names to pay attention to, but he is definitely my, uh, going to watch him play guy. That's an excellent answer. He's a lot <laughs> of fun to watch. Um, and actually a lot of, actually surprisingly enough, a lot of people say Travis Konechny. I feel like it's him and Nolan Patrick are the two that I hear most often. Strong choices. Yeah. Makes sense. Right. Um, okay, so finally, the last thing is for you to give me a shot in the dark game prediction for how you think this is going to end up. Oh, man. Like, the homer in me wants to say the Kings are going to win, but I just don't trust them anymore. It's probably going to be, like, a 3-2 game that is decided in the last, like, 10 minutes of play. <laughs> you know, when two teams playing as poorly as these two meet up, Anything. Could, yeah, it could go either way. It could be like a one nothing battle of gross mediocrity. It could be like a 6-4 game because like nobody's good at defense or goaltending. It, like anything. Yeah. Yeah. Um real prediction. It it's just going to be chaos probably. Yeah. I'm going to throw up against the wall. I'm going to say 4-2 Kings. I like it. That's the level of confidence I have in my team right now. <laughs> I, I enjoy the confidence that both of us have in our in our respective teams. I don't I don't trust this team as far as I can throw them right now. And no. they're all <laughs> I can't throw them very far. <laughs> oh, being a hockey fan is super fun sometimes, right? Right. Must be nice for like who's winning games like oh like the Blackhawks? Like I don't know what's happening anymore. I, I was when I was looking at stats, I saw that Tampa Bay scores on ninety-five percent of their power plays, and I was like, "What is that like?" I don't. That's what. That's fake. That's that's not real. They made that up just to make. It doesn't even make any sense. I'm like, uh, so, I don't know. yeah, I don't know what that world is like, but it it's got to be, it's got to be okay. Seems so, fun, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much, Sarah. Again, this is Sarah, who is the, you're the interim site manager, right? Absolutely. <laughs> the interim site manager for Jewels from the Crown, which does really great work on the SB Nation Network. If you're interested at all in the Kings, or if you want to read up about our old pal, John Stevens, who at this point I miss desperately, check <laughs> out their site. They're doing some really good stuff. Um, yeah, so that's all we've got. Sarah, thank you again. Go Thanks Flyers. Hello. I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seemed Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, 
seemed smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain. Or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. <laughs>